Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you here today. Anybody excited to be here today? It is a privilege to have this opportunity to share the word of God with you. And I really just am very honored. And I thank Pastor JJ and Pastor Liz for this opportunity. As uh, he mentioned, my name is Joey Salazar. And uh, man, I'm just, I have a word. I really feel that God has just given me for you this morning. And so whether, you know, you come here, you know, frequently, you come here every week, or whether this is your very first time, I really believe with all my heart that this is the place you are supposed to be this morning. And even if you're watching online, we want to recognize those watching online. Can you help me welcome everybody who's watching through Facebook at this moment? Whether it's live or, or previously recorded, uh, we believe that God can even reach you there and has a word for you as well. This morning, please receive a great big hello from my beautiful family. Unfortunately, they were not able to accompany me on this particular weekend, but receive one great uh, big hug from my beautiful wife, Serelis, or Zeli for short, and then two little hugs from my two small children, Joely and Josiah. Uh, Joely is six, and when she grows up, she wants to be a police girl, a policewoman. And so we're like, let's do that. And then Josiah, he's three. He's still praying about what he wants to do, and he grows grows up. Right now, he's just more into eating like his dad. And so, um, but th- that's my family. I love them so much. They're probably watching online right now. So just want to say hello, babe, and hi, kids. But this morning, I want to not talk about my family necessarily or about myself, but I definitely want to talk about Jesus. Uh, as uh, maybe as simplistic as this may sound, but the truth of the matter is that he is the answer to our life. He is a solution to whatever situation we might be going through this morning, no matter how large or how impossible your situation might look or how many resources you've tried to to, to apply for and look for and just doesn't seem like it's not really working out. I want to let you know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in this place right now. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the answer to all of our life's problems and difficulties. And he promises to never leave us alone. That is the God that we worship and that we love. And this morning, I really believe he's given me a word for you and for myself as well. As I was praying and as I was getting ready for this message, as most preachers do, if not, I mean, obviously all of them, we go before the Lord and we ask God, God, is what is... Give us the direction. What is it that your people need to hear today? What is it, God, that, uh, you know, our churches, our people need to either be reminded of or be encouraged to? And there was one particular phrase, there was one particular word that, be, you know, continually just played in my mind, in my spirit. There was one particular phrase that, uh, you know, I just felt like it was uh, almost like a scratch disc, if you will. If you ever uh, had one of those, you know, it just kind of just skips. It keeps playing over and over again. I felt like this phrase that was happening in my heart, it was happening in my spirit. And there was one particular word, one particular phrase that really just stood out. And I began just to pray more upon that. And that word and that phrase of what God, I feel, is looking for today. For people not only to be used for his honor, for his glory, but also just people to be able to connect with him. People to enter into a relationship with him today and to go, and to go deeper in the things of God. 
I believe he's looking for people who are simply desperate for him. The word that I kept hearing over and over again was the word desperate. Now, I don't want you to disconnect yet just because I said the word desperate. Maybe when you, maybe when you heard the word desperate just a few seconds ago, an image came to mind in your head. Maybe, uh, you know, when, when you heard the word desperate, a story or an illustration or maybe even a memory came to mind. Let me tell you what I'm not talking about when I mention the word desperate. When I'm mentioning the word desperate, I'm not talking about those moments in your life when you have gone for a significant amount of time without eating. Hello, somebody. You've ever forgot your money at home, young person, or maybe at work, adult, you've, you've chosen to con- just skip lunch and let's just work through. I mean, we're trying to meet deadlines and, and it's okay at that moment, but now, you know, five o'clock comes around and now six o'clock comes around and seven o'clock, oh man, you know, you better get out of the way. I'm hungry, not hungry, hungry. That's a whole nother level. You're, you don't even look at the dollar menu anymore when you're hungry. I mean, you just want super size. You want the real deal. You're hungry. You're, you're, you know, you're, I'm not talking about that kind of desperateness. Nor am I talking about the type of desperateness, a single individual that you might get when, when, you know, you might be all right in the stage of life that you're in, the season of life you're in. But there might be people around you who are making comments or maybe even statements or questions Saying, hey, dude, when are you going to get married? And, you know, I, I mean, you were okay. Like, you were, you know, you were just living life. You were just enjoying life. You were just focused. But now you're hearing all these comments, and now you're hearing all these phrases, and you're like, well, well, maybe I should get married. and Maybe I do need a man. You know, and maybe I do. And, 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 and you look in the mirror. Oh, am I getting a wrinkle? You know, and, and now you're, you're all these now thoughts that before weren't there. Now they're there because Desperateness is creeping in through the door. I'm not talking about that kind of desperateness. And neither am I talking about the desperateness that comes from when you and I lose things around our house. That ever happened to you? You lose something. You just had it like a couple of seconds ago. Where is my phone? Where are my glasses? Where are, you know, and you're looking for things that you just had a moment ago. Have you ever noticed that we say some of our most spiritual prayers when we are trying to find things? God, please help me. God, please help me find my my phone. Help me. God, please. And we start making promises. God, but I promise that if you help me find this, man, I'll I'll go to church every Sunday. Oh, God, I promise I I will be. God, you can use my life. You You can send me like a missionary. Send me to Africa. Just help me find my phone. We start praying stuff that we normally wouldn't pray all because of desperateness now. Let me tell you that I'm not talking about that kind of desperateness necessarily because we're hungry or we're trying to get married or we can't find something. But rather, I want to use the definition of desperateness that I was able to look up that says simply, you have a great need or desire for something or someone. I believe that the desperateness that God is looking for within individuals today, ordinary people like you and myself, is just simply those who would recognize that, hey, I have a great need for God. I have a great desire for God. Although I have desires in my life, but my number one desire I want to recognize today, God, is you. And I believe there's certain qualities that come with that type of desperateness. And so this morning for the next few moments, I want to talk to you over the subject, the good desperate. If you have your worship guide, I'm going to encourage you to take some notes, not because I'm speaking necessarily, but just because it's a great 
habit to practice in your life, just being able to take notes, you're able to remember things longer, you're able to take these home with you, maybe even share them with someone else, and so it's a great practice to happen. But this morning, once again, I want to talk to you over the subject of the good desperate. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to go with me to the book of Mark chapter 2, found in page 1267 in my Bible. Mark chapter 2, and if you don't have your Bible, that's fine. We're going to put it up on the screen. And we're going to start reading verse number 1. Why? Because 1's a great number to start with, all right? And so we're just going to start with that. But I really believe that in this particular passage today that we're just going to walk through and read and study together, there are certain qualities, there are some characteristics of what the good desperate looks like today. Mark chapter 2, starting with verse number 1, we're going to read 1 through 5, and then we're going to jump some verses and then pick up at 11 and finish off with 15. And it says the following, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now go with me to verse number 11. And Jesus now says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full View of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never, we have never seen anything like this before. And we're actually going to stop reading right there. Once again, this morning, I want to talk to you over the subject of the good desperate. What does the good desperate look like? I believe there are some qualities that I believe that we just read and I want to just highlight so that we can not only read about them but begin to apply them to our lives. For example, let's go back to verse number two. The Bible says that so many gathered that there was no uh, no room left, not even outside the door. There was a large crowd. The Bible says in verse number one that this man, after hearing that Jesus was coming to town, after simply hearing that Jesus was on his way, that Jesus was nearby, something inside of him shifted. Something inside of him said, you know what? Something clicked. Something said, you know what? I need to get to Jesus. I have a need and I believe that Jesus can he- can heal me. I believe that if there was one characteristic that we could summarize this it would be that he had urgency for the things of God and I believe that the good desperate looks like somebody have having urgency for the things of God the truth of the matter is is that we make time for the things that are important to us we maybe you schedule your week on a Sunday Maybe you, at the beginning of the month, you plan out your month and just uh, certain, certain events that you're going to be focusing on and, and appointments and things like that. 
You know what? We make, we make time for the things that are important to us. I really believe that if God is number one in our life, we will be making more time for him in our lives. It wouldn't be something, a drag to necessarily pray or to go to church or to open up our Bibles. But it would be something that we would be looking forward to and ultimately say, you know what? I'm not going to put this off for tomorrow. I'm going to do this right now. Urgency says right now. Procrastination says tomorrow. Growing up, I remember one of my most favorite words to say to my parents when they would ask me to do something was, hey, can you clean up your room? And I would respond, I'll do it tomorrow. Anybody else? I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. I'm a little busy right now. I'm watching cartoons right now. I'm a little focused. I'm busy right now, but I'll do it tomorrow, and tomorrow would pass by. Hey, I need you to pick up your clothes. Hey, I need you to go pay this bill. I need you to go do, I need you to cut the grass. We, the dog runs outside, and we can't even see the dog anymore. The grass is so high. You know, like, hey, I need your help. I'll, you know what? I'll do it, but I'll do it tomorrow. You know, Scripture says that today is the day of salvation. If, the, if you want to leave you paying your bills off for the day of tomorrow, that's fine. If you don't want to run errands until the day of tomorrow, that's okay with me. But if there's one thing that you and I cannot leave for the day of tomorrow is our relationship with Jesus. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to enter into a relationship with him. We must show urgency for the things of God. Not just say, excuse me, not just saying, well, if I have time left over or if, if, if I have time, if, if I finish my, my, my Netflix series early, then I'll pray. We have time for Netflix, but we don't have time for next steps. We, 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 we have time for other things, and, 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 and I'm not just talking about the next steps class, but even in your just personal walk with Jesus, you're, you have, you've been hesitant to take that next step with Jesus. You know he's been calling you for more, but it's been on the back burner. I pray that if you would get nothing else today, that you would leave with a sense of urgency because we believe our Bible, and our Bible says that Jesus is coming back soon. And so we need to become urgent for the things of God. We need to pray like never before. We need to read our Bibles like never before. We need to share our faith with one another like never before because Jesus is coming soon. Another quality, I believe, of the good desperate is found in verse number three, rather, in verse number three, where it says that he came carried by four people. The second quality is that of you becoming contagious. You become contagious with, with the things of God. You see, this paralytic, this man, he wanted to get to Jesus, but not having the ability to walk, it was going to be somewhat difficult for him to get there. So he had to get the attention of others. He had to become uh, not only desperate, but also contagious to be able to get their attention so that they could help him get to Jesus. And it's, imp it's important that we would share our faith. important that we would, we would share what God has done in our lives so that we can be able to reach other people. There's still empty chairs in this place. There's still empty, empty seats in this place that I believe belong to your friends and to my family and that belong to, to uh, this community. I believe that Journey Church was planted here by God for this time, and it's to be a beacon of hope, and it's to be able to get people who are far from God closer. And you and I, we have a part in that. But it, it, it falls under you and I becoming contagious. It falls under you and I just being willing to, to step out and to go to the people that God is calling us 
to, to go to. The Bible says that he was surrounded when he showed up carried by the four. The Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say their names, but the Bible does recognize that Jesus, he recognized the faith of these men who were carrying this paralytic. I believe that this goes to just share something so powerful, something so important in our lives that it matters who, and who, who we hang out with. This paralytic was, was surrounded by people of faith, by four individuals who, who, who had faith. And, and it's important that you and I we would surround ourselves with people of faith as well. And I believe that this, it's so key today that you would be here because we're, we're signing up for small groups. What a better way to find community with people who also love Jesus. I believe that this life was not meant to be lived alone. That you're not just a, you know, the lone ranger and try to figure it out by yourself. But there are people in this place that want to encourage you and, and help you in your walk with Jesus. And in return, you as well help them walk further in the things of God. But it's important that we would become contagious. And I, I have to recognize, I have to highlight that, you know what, this man had a need. Obviously, he was a paralytic, but... It didn't stop him from being used by God. And you know what? So much of the time, maybe the excuse that runs through our minds whenever we feel the prompting of God to maybe go up and talk to somebody or to go do something or to go help, maybe sometimes that thought that comes to mind is, well, you know what? My life's not perfect. Or, hey, I'm struggling. Or, hey, I have a need myself. But maybe, just maybe, God allowed this story to happen just so that we would be able to recognize and realize that, hey, even with our needs, even with our weaknesses, even with our lack in life at times, God can still use our lives to take others to Jesus. God can still use your struggle. God can still use, you know, those things in your life that just seem so dark and so hopeless. God can turn them around. Look at your neighbor and tell them God can turn it around. The next quality of the good desperate is found in verse number four, where it says the following, where it says that there was such a large crowd outside the door. I believe the third quality of the good desperate is a people or a heart that would get rid of the excuses. Get rid of the excuses and simply follow Jesus. When they show up to the scene and they see all this group of people out there, that was a good enough reason for them to turn around. That was a good enough reason for them to just kind of throw in the towel and say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go back. I'm going to wait for another opportunity. I'm going to wait for Jesus to get closer to me next time. I'm going to wait until I, I, I can pre-register, hopefully. I'm going to wait until I can be already in the area and I don't have to travel so far. But the truth of the matter is he got rid of the excuses and said, you know what, God, I'm going to press through the crowd so much to the point he actually went onto the roof. And I have to ask us this morning, you know, how many of us are being held back by our excuses? God, I would do something for you, but I, 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 would, I would say something, but I would pray for somebody, but I would give something, but I, I, I would serve God. But it's just like and our excuses began to pour out. 
I really believe that all that really God needs from our lives is simply a yes. I really believe that God is not interested necessarily in our excuses. He just wants us to, he just needs somebody that he can use. He just needs somebody that he can bless. He just needs somebody that he can just pour his blessings into their lives and bless those around him as well. And it doesn't matter what excuses you and I, we might have at times. Maybe some of those excuses are fears. Maybe we're just fearful of just of the future, of what people are going to say, of what if I do this for God and it doesn't work out? What what if I let go of this job? What if I let go of this relationship and and, and I know I'm supposed to do this? And and we're, we're fearful. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's not the type of attitude and lifestyle that he wants us to walk in, but rather of power. The Bible says that the same power that raised Christ lives in you and in me as well. I don't know if, you, if we really pay attention to the lyrics, to the songs that we sing at times. For example, we are called believers. As Christians, as followers of Christ, one of, our, one of the names that, that we call ourselves, other people call us, is Believers. But do we really believe? Because we're singing some songs, we're singing some lyrics at time, and we're singing, God, you're amazing, and God, you're all great, and God, you're powerful, and God, there's nothing impossible for you. But then we leave these doors, and then we're confronted with reality, and we're reminded of our problems, and then we start thinking once again, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? Hey, well, didn't we just sing that God was all-powerful? I believe that in this time and age, we need believers who really believe. We need people who really will stand up, people who will say, you know what? I'm going to believe my word. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to stand out for God and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what comes my way. I know that God is with me. Maybe it's fears that this morning you need to let go of and release to God. Maybe it's pain. Maybe somebody hurt you a long time ago or maybe even recently. Maybe it was physically, maybe it was emotionally or just mentally. It doesn't matter. And you've just been walking with pain and you've used that as the reason, as the obstacle, as the, as the thing that's been holding you back. I really believe that God, it, 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 God is a God of second chances. God is our ultimate healer. God will give us a new heart. He'll mend our heart and he'll give us a new opportunity to start over again. And, and he's close to the broken heart, as scripture even says. You don't have to walk alone and you don't have to carry that, that, that baggage of pain any longer. But you can surrender that to Jesus. Maybe it was somebody that was really close and you trusted them and, and they backstabbed you. And, and you thought you could trust them. And all of a sudden now everybody knows what's going on and it hurts. Can I, tell, can I remind you that even Jesus was, was backstabbed by one of his disciples? If you've ever been let down, if your trust has ever been broken, Jesus knows what that feels like. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel good. But what I do want to focus on is that God is a healing God. Don't let that be the thing to to hold you back, but let that bring you closer to Jesus, knowing that he cares for you and that he loves you. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, you've been waiting for for the perfect time. What What you've been saying is your excuse. Well, I'm just waiting for things to slow down. Can I tell you something? Things are not going to slow down. Things are never going to be a perfect time. Right now is the time to serve God. Right now is the time to follow Jesus. Start doing something right now. But I believe it's time that we would get rid of our excuses. The good desperate. What's another quality of the good desperate? Verse number five. 
is where we find the next quality, and that is you get rid of sin in your life. Sin is anything that that doesn't please God. Anything that hinders your relationship with Jesus It's time to get rid of it as well. That day, two miracles actually happen, and we tend to focus a lot on the one where Jesus heals the man physically, but did you know he also received forgiveness as well? He was also saved. He was also forgiven of of his past mistakes. Why? Because the closer that we get to Jesus, the more that we, the, the more that we become like him. When we say yes to him, what we are essentially saying, as, as we say yes to him, we're saying no to the things of this world. The Bible says that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We incense, in other words, how we're called to go against the flow. And how many people know that it's a lot easier to go with the flow than against the flow at times? Have you ever been to something called a lazy river or, or a theme park, a water theme park? There are some uh, Slitterbond or, or other, other parks um, in the area that, that they have a lazy river. And all you got to do is literally sit on a tube, a water tube, and you just sit there and the water takes you. I mean, you just, you're going around circle. Excuse me, you're going around in circles for as long as you want. And you don't have to do anything. The current is taking you. You go to sleep. You wake up two days later. Right? No. Uh, you know, you're, just, you're just going. You wake up. You don't even know where you're at, right? You're just, uh, you're just going. But now the moment you want to get off, and now the moment you want to maybe go back to where you started, but without having to go around the full circle, now you want to go against the, against the current. Now that's difficult. Now people are coming your way. You're trying to dodge them. Now the water, the currents, you know, you're trying to pull the tube with you, and the water's just so strong. <laughs> it's not as easy. But can I tell you that, again, we've been called to go against the current of this world. The Bible says that to not be, not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed. Don't just do what everybody else is doing necessarily. Don't just follow the, 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 what, what's, what's hot right now, what's in right now, but rather follow Jesus and what he says to do. That's what it means to get rid of the sin, to get rid of the stuff in our lives that's holding us down and not letting us become fully the person that God has called us to be. The fifth and final quality of the good desperate. You can smile now. I'm almost finished. I didn't say laugh, but okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> the, the final quality of the good desperate is one who is willing. Willing, available. This miracle, what happened today, would have not been possible if this paralytic, if this individual had not, had not been willing to make the trip, to travel the road, to go through what he had to, and then go through a roof, go and do this in front of a whole multitude of people, and then be healed. Also, that people could see Jesus perform this miracle and be able to say the following statement Wow, we've never been able, we've never seen this before in our lives. Can I tell you what God wants to do in our lives and what God wants to do in Winter Park and the communities around? I, I really believe that God wants to do things that would make other people say, Wow, we've never seen that before. And God wants to do those things through your life and through my life. But ultimately, he needs somebody who is willing, somebody who is available. 
He's not looking at your income tax records. He's not looking if, if you're married or single. He's not looking at what was your GPA back in school. He's not looking at how much money you have. He's just simply looking for people who are available to be used. People willing to say, you know what, I'm going to put my excuses aside. I'm going to get rid of the sin in my life, the stuff that is, I know is just hurting me. I know I, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something else that uh, private that I'm, I'm doing, and it's just not helping me. But I'm going to get closer to Jesus. God is just looking for people who are available. And I want to close with the following story. I was reading this online, and I thought it was so, uh, so perfect for the ending of this message. There was a young man who was a risk taker. Now, you know, a lot of us, we might have friends who are maybe what we call them daredevils or risk takers. Uh, you know, they just, they just, you know, it's very hard to be a, for us to say things to them because uh, they end up doing those things. Like, you know, we might see, you know, something like, wow, that's a really big tree. And the next thing you know, you're like, they're like trying to climb it. You know, or, wow, that looks really spicy. That looks really hot. And the next thing we know, they're over there trying to eat it to try to show off, you know, how much they can eat. Well, this individual in particular was a risk taker. He was somebody who was just, he loved heights. He loved danger. He was always pushing the limits. He was almost, he was the person who was like, well, let's do it faster. Or let's, let's do it, you know, let's, uh, uh, how can we do this where, where, you know, more people will, will notice. And so he was always pushing the envelope. Long story short, this young man grew up, and that never left him. Now he was doing, uh, now he was climbing uh, buildings. Now he was jumping from the heights. Now he was, uh, now he was walking across ropes and from very high places. And there was one particular day that after finishing walking from, from one building to another, but simply on a cord, he made an announcement and said, hey, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to go to this park. And it was a well-known park in the area. And he said, hey, there's a river there. And he gave the name of it. And he says, and this river is known for its rapid waters. This, this river is not only known for being wide, but also very, very dangerous. He said, well, that river is the one I'm going to walk over next. And if you all want to see me do it, well, just come on over, bring your cameras, do it, and you're going to be able to see this live. Weeks passed by. The day finally arrived. There was cameras set up. His team had prepared everything. Everybody was there except for the man who was supposed to walk this rope. I don't know if you've ever been left uh, stood up, but it doesn't feel good, right? Everybody was like, this guy lied to us. This guy tricked us. This guy made us get all the way over here. And now look, right before they started packing up to leave, there was a a pickup truck somebody pointed out hey I think that might be him sure enough the pickup truck pulls up he's apologizing hey I'm so sorry for being late but I'm here now he says I'm ready he changed very quickly he came and stood in front of this rope that was crossing this 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 river it was the the, the rapids were strong and everything was just as as he wanted it to be perfect day outside and right before he takes his first step, he looks back at the people and he says, hey, just two quick questions. Um, do, do you guys, just real quick, we just want to know, do you, do you guys want to see me do this? And people are like, uh, duh. Like, we're here, aren't we? Okay, okay, I'm just making sure. Secondly, do you guys actually think I can do this? Do you guys actually think I can cross this and, and I'm going to make it? And they're like, yeah, you actually, we actually do think you can do this. Why? 
Well, because we've seen you do some other crazy stuff before and you just don't die. Like you just always make it. That's a good enough reason for me. And so with that confidence, boost the confidence, he begins to take one step in front of another and in front of this multitude of people now, he is walking across this rope. And there's moments where, you know, he leans to one side, but, but he's able to stay on. And there's somewhat of a win, but hey, he knows how to, how to bend and how to navigate through this. The whole time, nobody's saying anything, but he reaches the other side. But now it's time for him to come back. And so now he's walking back and people are nervous. He's over halfway through, but say he still hasn't made it yet. And so he's walking, he's taking a step, and then finally he touches land he touches where he once was or or rather where he once was or where he started and at the moment that his both feet land everybody begins to clap everybody begins to cheer reporters want to get the first question in hey what were you thinking hey how do you prepare for this hey what was going through your mind and how do you feel now people are clapping cheering praising him to say hey you did a great job that was so crazy But there was one particular person in the back of the multitude who said the following statement, hey, do it again. (laughs) Why are there people like that, right? Like you just did something crazy and now all of a sudden they're like, do it backwards. (laughs) You know, like, like, you know, that wasn't a bad, eat 10 wings. I don't know. Um, You know, they just, they always push. They always want you to do more. Well, this risk taker, he, out of all the comments that he, that were said that day, guess which one is the one that he actually heard? Instead of hearing the praises, instead of hearing, hey, great job, or hey, we want to interview you, the one he heard was, hey, do it again. And he responded to that person by saying, hey, I don't know who said that, but hey, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again right now, and this time it's going to be different. I'm going to, I'm going to, again, I'm going to push the envelope. This time I'm going to take somebody with me. And everybody's like, no way, this is so crazy. Like, wow, we were not expecting this. He went to the back of his pickup truck and from the back of his truck, he he pulled out a wheelbarrow, something kind of like this on the screen. And so he came and he brought it and he put it in front of that line. It's this wheelbarrow and it's empty and he's ready. The wheelbarrow's there. People are, are ready to watch this. And he said, perfect. Are you guys ready to see this? Everyone's like, yes. He said, great, so am I. He says, but now all that I need to be able to do this, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Can somebody get into this wheelbarrow so I can can push you across? And that's where it got quiet. That's where it got quiet. That's where people started getting kind of serious. That's where people started acting like their phone was buzzing, like, you know. That's where people started acting like they had to go somewhere. And, and that's where he began to say, hey, come on. I thought you said you wanted to see this. Well, we do, but he began to ask specific people, hey, come on. Will you, will you help me for this illustration? Will you jump into the wheelbarrow? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I'm good, man. And that particular day, nobody, was, nobody, was, nobody volunteered to get into the wheelbarrow. I, I, was, I was too scared, they said, some of them. I don't know, that's not really for me. And, and as I finished reading that article, the Spirit of God began to just speak to me and, and I had to ask myself the following question and I wanna close out with this question this morning. Is it possible that you and I, we do the very same thing when it comes to the things of God, the way the people responded to this wheelbarrow? 
that we're good to clap and we're good to cheer and we're good to sing the songs and we're here every Sunday and that's great. We need to do that. But now the moment that Jesus is now saying, hey, I need a volunteer. Is there anybody available that would get into my wheelbarrow, my hands or my wheel, the path that I have for you so that I can take you to places you've never been to before? Is it possible that sometimes we as well begin to, instead of walking forward, we begin walking backwards? We allow those fears and those excuses and, and, and sin and other, other things to, to hold us back rather than saying, God, I am available, here I am. I believe that spiritually God has his spiritual wheelbarrow today and he's offering you and me an opportunity to get into it. I believe God wants to take you to places you've never been to before. And that's not just physically, but that's spiritually and that's here in your place of work and in just in your life in general. God has more in store for you than you and I could ever even imagine if simply we would say, God, I'm available. My heart is desperate for you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.